Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. So we're on to guest number two of season three, and we have Chaitana Patel, who goes by CP, as our guest for this week's episode. CP and I had a really great conversation about building up confidence, especially as an introvert. We talked about a lot of great things on how to shift your mindset into becoming more confident. What are some best practices into navigating your confidence journey as an introvert? And we even talked a little bit more about just like adjusting to different environments and having to build up your identity and shaping up who you are. So his example was that he moved to the US from India and he has a whole awesome story and journey that I'm really excited for you to hear because I really do think that this can help somebody who is introverted or maybe somebody who's not introverted but really needs to learn how to become a more confident person and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So enough talking on my end, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hello, CP. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. How are you doing today? Hey, Alana. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely excited for the new season. So thanks. I'm hoping that I'm one of the first guests, like you said. So that that's kind of exciting, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. I am so excited to have you here. I'm also just as excited for season three. I always say, you know, I want my podcast seasons to get better and better as it goes on. Yeah, I think you're actually going to be my second guest of the season. I recorded my first guest a couple weeks ago. And so, wow. yeah, I'm just kind of getting back on track. So it's been so exciting. It's just so good to be back. I've missed the show. And it's like, you know, a big part of my life that I, I guess, created for myself over the past two years. Wow. So, yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So I am so excited to hear more about your journey about developing confidence, especially as an introvert, because I think this is like a topic that's not talked about enough. But before we get into all of that good stuff, I'd love for you to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself really quick. Yes, so I am a 31-year-old cybersecurity professional. I live in the suburbs of Chicago, and um, I recently launched a clothing brand to help elevate confidence through style. It's a whole story behind it, which we'll get into it later. But that's pretty much what I do as of now. And, and I'm hoping to, you know, spread that positive message behind my brand amongst the not just the introverted community, but also those who struggle with confidence on a day to day, because apparently there's a large number of it. Uh, uh, after digging deeper online, I found a, a whole bunch of articles and one of them said like about 85 percent of the population struggle with some sort of confidence. So I was like. It was really an eye opener for me, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, I could, I guess through my through my clothing brand and through what I'm what I'm trying to do, I can help those who actually do struggle with confidence, being around people, or you know, just being in social uh, social settings and just not feeling good about themselves. So that's that's pretty much pretty much what I'm here to do, and yeah. I think that's really awesome. I think you know, fashion. And just the fact that you built this clothing brand is really cool because I definitely think clothes can make such a huge difference to elevating confidence. Right. And I definitely want to dive into the backstory of that. Um, but bef before we get into that, I 
Was curious to know what article was it that you saw about um, 85% um, of people I, struggling in confidence? I can share that link. Because it doesn't with, surprise yeah, me. Yeah, I can share that link with you. Um, it was actually done through, or it was posted by a, it's it's some sort of agency that kind of helps people, that, that helps people overcome these like social anxieties and stuff like that. And they're the one who actually posted it online. And I just happened to come across it while I was searching for for some stuff. And yeah, so I, it's 85%. I mean, that's, that's a large number. I mean, there, I know it is, it, I know that there, there isn't an 85% population who's introverted. So it's just, it's more than just introverted community. I think it's, it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Maybe they just op- don't open up about it, I guess, as much, but I guess it's, it's time that it gets addressed. And, you know, again, there's, there's nothing wrong with being who you are. It's just that you just have to get better and that's that's and I'm just kind of doing my part in helping others become better at it yeah and I agree like it's not just introverts that struggle with confidence because I'm actually a pretty big um extrovert but I can tell you confidence was something that I severely lacked like just because I'm social doesn't mean I'm confident like I didn't start developing confidence um some parts were in college and it wasn't really until when I had lived in San Francisco, a whole new door of confidence just came out in me that I didn't even know that I had. And at first I thought it was like, oh, if I just fake it till I make it, then it won't seem like I'm trying too hard. And then once I just stopped realizing like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm not faking it. Maybe this has been inside myself the whole time and I just didn't know how to execute it properly. And that's kind of how I ended up getting into my whole brand with being shamelessly unapologetic because it's all about being confident, living your best bold life unapologetically and just not giving a shit about what others are going to think of you because you have built something so strong for yourself. And so many people still don't know how to do that. And it's exactly why I have my show to begin with. So this kind of leads me into the next question. And this is also something that I ask every single sure. guest. But what would you say is the biggest thing that you are mostly unapologetic about? Um, just being me. I mean, I, I think I, <laughs> the, the way I talk to people and the way I, I am around my friends, I mean, you know, I have a sense of humor that, you know, not maybe like you would have to get comfortable with me to actually know how I talk and like the kind of stuff that I say around my friends. But at the end of the day, like I am not apologetic about how I talk to people. Again, if I'm meeting someone for the first time, obviously I'm talking to them differently than I would then uh, then meeting someone for the 20th time. Like by that time, obviously there's some level of comfort. So the way I talk and the way I, you know, make jokes is different. But at the end of the day, like we're all unique in our own way of the way we talk, the way we address people. And, you know, people just have to be okay with it. Uh, And if they're not okay Mm -hmm. with it, you just move on. Like you don't don't worry about too much, but don't try to change yourself to fit in with someone. I think that's that's the key thing to to remember here. So, but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change myself for for anyone for that matter. Pop off. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Did you ever feel like there was a time in your life where you felt like you had to kind of tone it down for others because maybe there were people who had, you know, perceived what you said to be, you know, wrong, but really like you weren't doing anything ill-informed. Cause I can tell you as a woman, I experienced this 
on the daily and it's so fucking frustrating so i'm curious to hear it from a man's perspective yeah i i don't think um so uh, yeah there, there's been instances where you know i say something and people like are like i say something around my friends and if my friends are on people that i i don't really know they might look at me differently but i think in the beginning so my now i have to probably go back 16 years or 17 years because that's when i moved <laughs> that's when i moved to the u.s and you know in the beginning obviously trying to get uh get comfortable with the lifestyle and the ways around here like with people in high school i mean with kids in high school and trying to fit in and get comfortable you know there was there was a lot of just me kind of following what people were doing and i i guess through the pro- throughout the process in those first few years i just kind of lost myself as a true person like it Whatever that I was wearing or the way I was talking or whatever that I was doing, I was doing it because I wanted to fit in with other people. And, you know, I I later realized, actually, not even later, I think I now realize that now that I look back, like, what was I thinking? Like, that wasn't even me. Like, if I got if I had the opportunity to do it again, like, I would never do it. Like, I would do so many things differently. So I, I think a big chunk of my, like, my late teens to, like, early, like, young adulthood was, like, trying to become someone that I'm not. And I had to like kind of tell myself that like, hey, you are who you are. Just because it looks cool on someone else doesn't mean it has to look cool on me. I just need to be me now. Like I'm at I'm at that age where I just have to accept for me who I am and just, mm-hmm. and just try to do better every day. But, you know, just don't try to copy others or imitate others in any way. So you have like a good example of like when you were, I guess, trying to stick within the status quo and you realize like, Oh, this isn't me at all. Because I have like now, one really hilarious example, but I'm curious to hear what yours yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's the overall kind of lifestyle that I picked up, like, you know, and to be very honest with you, like, you know, it's, it's like it started with smoking cigarettes, then, you know, using tobacco products, then came drinking. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe I might have tried it at some point because I don't do any of it but now but now that I look back at it I feel like maybe at some point in my life I would have tried all that but just not as soon as not as early as I did but I only did mm-hmm. to like kind of fit in with people so that you know they felt comfortable hanging out with me and you know I had I guess I had friends to hang out with so I guess that would be something yeah. that I don't think I would ever do it again though yeah, I'm guessing was this at like a young age, like when you were a teenager? Yeah, I, I would say on sixteen ish. It's when it all kind of started, and then it yeah. went on for a few years. I would say, but then you know, eventually it became a choice for myself. Like, yeah, I'm, now I'm doing it because I want to do it. But then, I guess it all it all started because of that, though. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like peer pressure to me. Yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> common for teenagers to give into that yeah. stuff, and it's like once you get older then you realize like I'm more like my brain's fully developed. I can think more logically through situations. And it's like, if I do enjoy something like that, at least like I'm doing it because I want to and not because I feel like I have to. I've kind of been in a similar boat with that. Actually. I remember when I went to LA for the first time, my freshman year of college, I also am not a smoker. It's just something like I've never smoked weed a day in my life. People are so shocked when I say that. I'm like, I don't know why you're so shocked. It's perfectly normal to not want to smoke. And so, yeah, I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked weed, but I tried hookah for the first time. So I was, what, 19 years old. And again, it was peer pressure. Everyone wanted to go to the hookah bar. And 
I did, it was either that or like be in the hotel room by yourself. And clearly like that wasn't going to be an option for me. I didn't want to do that. I was in LA. It was my first time in LA. I wanted to like enjoy the city. And so I I gave into it and I had the worst headache afterwards. And I was like, okay, this is just not something I, I was like, I knew there's a reason as to why I don't smoke. And this is just exactly that. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, like, I, I don't even think I liked it in the beginning. I think it's something you just get used to it over time after you keep doing it over and over, I guess. But I don't, I, I wouldn't say that I liked it from the get go. Like I'm talking about smoking cigarettes and whatnot. Like obviously hookah's, gotcha. okay. hookah's a little different cause it's got the flavor and all that. So maybe it's easier to get used to that than it is to get used to with cigarettes and all. But, but yeah, so I, I, I think, yeah, peer pressure for sure. Um, and again, for me, I was just some kid from India that was trying to like, you know, enjoy this new lifestyle, this new kind of um, environment that I lived under. And I thought that doing all that was my way of just getting, you know, cultured, I guess, over here. So, so yeah, that, that was pretty and, much it. And I feel like that's like a whole nother thing, too. It's like you move from India to the U.S. and you have this huge culture shock. I think like I'm excited to hear more about that, too. So I guess this can kind of transition into the next thing. So, you know, you've always branded yourself as someone who's who's an introvert and they've lacked confidence. So I would love to hear a little bit more about like, I guess we can start off with your journey in like the realization, like what was that moment of realization for you when you wanted to make the change? And then also like how you were able to find yourself in a new country and adjusting to that. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess so growing up, right. Um, I lived a very typical, well, Indian life. I mean, I don't know if you've, if you kind of have had any friends to, you know, ever spoken to you about this, but basically growing up, it was like, you wake up, you go to school, you come home, you maybe watch TV, do your homework, you go to sleep. And it's a repeat. Like, I'm talking about like every single day until you have like some sort of like, you know, holidays for festivals or summer vacation. Like mm-hmm. outside of it, there's there isn't much. Well, at least for me, it, it, there wasn't much for me to uh, for me to do. Right. So I guess I, I guess I didn't really double that social skills that I needed to interact with people to to be more upfront, like, like, you know, just be able to, like, I guess, hold a conversation with someone, except for, like, you know, the neighbor kids and whatnot. I mean, that's that's a little different. But outside of that, like, I, I didn't really have that experience of just socializing with people. So, you know, I lived that life for about 15 years before I moved. And then so after I moved here, it was like a whole, like, it was like a one, like a 180, basically, like, you know, Kids are always out and about after high school, like after school ends every day, like they're going places together. They go in each other's house. They're doing all this stuff. And I was like, damn, like this is a whole different lifestyle. Like I've never seen anything like this in India. So I guess once I start, uh, like slowly, slowly started coming out and started hanging out with friends here in the U.S., you know, at, at some point I realized that, OK, maybe I I'm going to need some time to first get comfortable with people and then second like to kind of open up to people and you know socialize the way I should be so that was it was like a really I would say it it was a good transition because I guess I got to live both like the both side of the spectrum in a way because like I lived this whole life when up until I was 15 and then now after after turning 15 here I am in America now I'm living a whole different lifestyle here so kind of got to experience both which was pretty cool um 
and then but then yeah so throughout the whole journey like i at some point i realized that okay this is something out of the norm so i'm definitely gonna need some time to fit in to get comfortable with and you know just just need time to like open up to people and everything so that, that was that was that was kind of my that's when i realized that okay maybe i'm a whole lot introverted than i than i thought i was so yeah. <laughs> i had a I have a question. Do you think um, like up for like those 15 years when it was just the same constant cycle, mm-hmm. do you think like the um, the lack of wiggle room for you to just be a kid kind of played a part into that introvertedness and having a harder time opening up because you weren't as exposed to it? Um, I mean, I, I think as a kid, I got to do everything that a kid's a kid wants to do, right? Like whether it be playing outside or, you know, just doing fun stuff indoors or outdoors, right? This is just in my opinion, I think being able to socialize more, you have to go like a step beyond that, right? Like you have to mm-hmm. have those skills to like, you know, just going up to like random kids and like random strangers and talking to them, playing with them, whatever, it, even as an adult, like having a conversation with a stranger. So I think I didn't have that growing up. Like I, I hung out with, like I said, the neighbors' kids. We knew each other. We always hung out together, so I had that comfort level with them. At school, I had friends, so I had that comfort level with them. So I never had to look outside of people that I already knew to realize that okay, this is probably where I need to kind of become better at, like in terms of socializing and just becoming becoming more confident being around people. So yeah, I guess in that sense you can say that yeah, there there was that that part missing in, in in like growing up for or living in India for fifteen years. Do you think because you were um, an older teenager when you moved to the U.S., do you think that made a difference in how you interacted and like had to adjust to a new culture? Because like, do you think it like I'm, I'm I guess I'm asking this like, do you think it would be different if you were a lot younger? Would it have changed anything, or yeah, do you think it would not yeah, have made a definitely. difference? Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, after moving here and kind of hearing about how people were like in middle school and how the kind of stuff that they did before after during the school and you know just just like the overall like the culture like the 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 school the school like the culture is so much different than it is in India so I think had I come here at a younger age I think it would have been much different for me to um, I guess easier for me to kind of adapt to that change and then just you know just kind of become natural at socializing or just feeling confident being around people. But yeah, it would have definitely, had I come here earlier at, at, a, at an early age, I think it would have definitely helped for sure. And like, it's also scary too, in yeah. a way, because when you're younger and your whole life is being uprooted from one country to another, you also have like a sense, not like a sense of purpose taken away from you, but your whole life is uprooted and you are getting moved away from your friends far, far away. You have to completely change your life. And I can't imagine, like even on a 15-year-old, that still has to be stressful. I mean, how quick was it for you to like adjust to get comfortable, not just in like a social setting, but just trying to like accept the fact that you're now in the US and just trying to, I guess, stay happy i mean were you excited about the move or no yeah i was definitely excited about the move right like i never felt throughout the process that i like i'm gonna have to leave everything behind now i have to start over or make new friends or anything like i personally didn't have those type of thoughts my parents well they're a different story because you know they they lived there for almost all their life and now they have to kind of you know leave the country start start over like start from the scratch so like obviously for them it was different but for me, like I was super excited about coming here because, you know, it's like 
as a child, you were told all this about all these things about um, like America and like, you know, the opportunities it gives you and this and that, like the American dream. So like you have all these happy thoughts going through your head. This so the last thing you were or at least the last thing I was thinking about is leaving my like my friends or like my old life back home and then having to start over. I think I was I was told I was in a whole different mindset and I was like very happy about just making the move. Well, I'm so happy to hear that because I know it can be so difficult for some people. So that's really great that you had that mindset. You know what? I'm not like leaving my life behind. I'm not having to start over. Like I'm excited. It's a new chapter. Right. And I I wonder if that could have maybe been like the start of like, oh, I'm excited. Like this is a journey. I can't wait to experience that. Yeah. And and I think that's, that's what kind of pushed me into like a lot of the things that I, like I said, I, I picked up a lot of the habits that I picked up because for me, it's about the experience too, right? Like, I don't think that I would have gotten, I would have got to experience those things back home, back in India, like all the things that I, that I spoke about earlier. So I think that excitement itself was like, oh, yeah, now, oh, shit, like now I get to do all this fun stuff. Uh, my parents wouldn't even have to find out. Obviously, eventually they did find out. But um, but uh, but yes, I, I think there were all those like th those things where, you know, that I never thought I would be able to do. And now I get to do them or try them. So that was that was exciting, too, for me. I love that. And so now that you've been adjusted and you obviously are getting older, you're entering your 20s. What was like your thought process or your step by step in like building up more confidence for yourself? Did you have like clients that you were working with as well? Like I don't know if you were doing any kind of coaching, but I'm curious to know like more steps that you took to develop your confidence. No, yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely didn't take any coaching classes or I didn't give any coaching to others. For me, it was, I think, and I think this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, right? Like two things that you said that, that kind of stuck out to me was like one, fake it till you make it. And the second one was you moving into a whole different part of the state or the part of the country where, you know, your mind or whatever just opened up and you saw like a whole different life, right? So I think, for me, it was number one, just when I went through this process, like I wasn't even thinking about all this, but I think that separation from the norm is very important for you to make that change, whatever change that you're looking for. So I originally lived in New Jersey so when mm -hmm. I first moved, uh, moved away from home, like, you know, obviously all my friends, everyone now my friends are in New Jersey, right? Like, obviously, I'm not talking about friends in India or anything like that, but like people who I who I've known since high school, college time, like they're all in New Jersey. Now I've, I moved out to another state. So I guess I had more time to just kind of ref reflect on myself and, you know, kind of focus on the changes that I want to make to myself. So, you know, I got into reading books and listening to podcasts. And again, this is coming from another friend of mine who had moved away a few years before I did. And he went through a whole different change of his own, like a good change. And so kind of try to do what he was doing in terms of, you know, what changes did he make or how did he go about making changes to himself? And like, you know, like he started sharing all the books he would read or like all the podcasts he would listen to. And all those books, podcasts were about like just self-development and um, uh, like mindset and entrepreneurship, like whatever. Like those were the only kind of genres that I was reading and listening to. So I think just listening to everybody's stories and how they came up and like, you know, a lot of people have gone through like similar experiences as I have uh, in terms of like socializing and as a person or personality. So to me, it was like, if these guys can make it from nothing, then I can do it too. Like, I think, but it would only happen if I make that effort to actually put myself out there, make that change that I need to make the change, like get better every day. And then only I can overcome these like fears and like insecurities and whatever that I have in my head. 
So I think that was a mm-hmm. that was a number one kind of or that was like main thing that really helped me kind of get out of my um I guess the bubble that I was in. And then the fake it till you make it, right? I mean, I think um I don't know if you've ever, ever read this book. It's called um Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I haven't. Okay. No. So he's like he's all about like how, how the brain activity works, right? And and he he talks a lot about your subconscious mind. It's like, you know, whatever thoughts that you put into your subconscious mind, it comes to your to your mind at all the times, right? So if you're able mm-hmm. to like train your subconscious mind in a way where you only have this good positive thoughts coming out for yourself, like saying you're a confident person, like it's like you almost you're you're almost saying your affirmations in front of a mirror, but instead you're it's it's coming from your subconscious mind to you. And when I read that book, like I, I, it was like an eye opener for me. I was like, damn, like this, this makes so much fucking sense. Cause like, it's like when you're always thinking negative, like those are the only thoughts coming to you. So why don't we reverse that and think good about ourselves? So like, you know, you think of yourself as a confident person, you think of yourself as a, as a successful person. Yeah. Obviously you have to do the work for it to happen. But yes. that's kind of what I meant when I say fake it till you make it like start like once you're able to control your thoughts and you have this good thoughts coming to your head, then eventually it will reflect on you too. But but you first need to like get your thoughts straight, straight out and then only you can kind of go the step forward from there. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that you talked about um, like positive affirmations because I am so big on affirmations. Like for me, one thing that had helped me, and this is actually something that I started doing back in 2021, so still kind of recent, was Mm -hmm. writing three affirmations a day. I started getting more into journaling and being self-awareness. And I love that you have displayed so much self-awareness about all of this. I think it's very admirable because I feel like a lot of people, especially men, lack self-awareness in certain areas where they want to grow and better themselves. And I really think it's great that you took these steps and the initiative on your own to find ways to like, you know, make yourself better, to challenge yourself and to, you know, manifest ways to have this great life for yourself. So it's positive and it helps you thrive as a person. Right. Yeah. And and again, like I said, it, it comes from it has to come from within, right? Like I can tell yep. someone to do all the good things and all the things that that can help them. But unless and until they don't make the effort and they they're not willing to put that time and effort into themselves, none of it's going to matter. So it's like, it's like, I can talk about it all at one, but I think it's only you who can execute and, you know, actually see the results. So for me, it was like the same thing, right? My friend was sending me all this stuff to me by reading and listening to the books. And while that's all good and all, uh, you know, it all, it all came down to me actually implementing those changes and applying those things that I was learning from those books and listening to the podcast. And, you know, now that I look back, like I'm a, I'm a whole different person than I was like maybe two years ago, because this is still recent. Like, it's not that that's happened like over over so many years like this is i'm only talking about like two three years ago it hasn't been that long yeah so for for me it's like you know i'm still working on it every day like i'm still getting better at things that i know i need to get better at but again you have to start somewhere and just kind of keep keep be consistent with it and just keep going just keep moving forward with it yeah no i agree i'm i'm guessing are you a big believer in manifesting yeah um i actually believe it or not this this past weekend i i attended a whole seminar about manifestation it's like a six hour long but again it was not just about manifestation there's like other stuff involved in it too but i'm a big believer in it yeah i mean i think it's like you know 
like manifestation law of attraction like you attract what you think and what uh, things what you think and say right so i think there's there's that's definitely true for everything that you do and so if like i said i think like i said uh going back to like having positive thoughts and all that stuff it all kind of it's all connected to each other like the way you think the way you talk the way the way everything you do it's what you're gonna get back so if you can control your actions, then you will get better results at anything you do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it took me a really long time for me to realize so many things are a mindset. Yeah. And also, you have control on how you respond to things, but you don't have control over how people are going to react and behave. And I think it was when I was living in San Francisco is when I realized that I now live in Portland. But When I was living in San Francisco, I learned how to really stop caring about what other people were going to think of Mm -hmm. me. And part of me had wondered if it was because of the environment that I was in. Like San Francisco is so progressive. You know, there's all sorts of weird, interesting things going on and people just do not judge you. And I think the fact that I was in this such judgment-free city it allowed me to like express myself in the ways that I had always wanted to express myself. And it even helped me get confidence on like filming out in public because I also have a YouTube channel. So I would literally set up a tripod with my camera in just the middle of the public area, just not caring. And I would talk to a camera in the middle wherever I was. And sure, I would get stares. But if people were to look at me, I'd be like, hi, can I help you? And if people want to know like what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I just have a YouTube channel. I'm recording a video on this. And then they're like, oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah. And then they just like walk away. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, and you know, the same thing with me, right? A lot of my insecurities came from like, oh, what are others going to say? How are they going to judge me? Or, you know, they're going to laugh at me, make fun of me, whatever, right? But I guess now I'm at a point in, in my life where I don't need to give two shits about what others think of me, especially because they're not thinking of me while they do whatever that they're doing. So I shouldn't think of them while I want to do what I want to do. So for me, it's like, yeah, if I and and, and I'm not saying that go out and do the wrong things either. Right? You obviously have to think about right. your actions. But even in terms of like, you know, like you said, po- like, you know, just setting up a tripod and recording yourself in the middle of the street or getting in front of a camera, posting daily like content and stuff like that, like all that kind of stuff was like, I was really shy with it. Like I it took me a lot to like get in front of the camera, start talking, especially like after I launched, like while I was in the process of launching my clothing brand, now I have to do a photo shoot and everything. Cause again, I am the face of the brand. I am starting out. It's not like I can hire models right from the get go. Cause I don't, I don't want to be spending money, that type of money either. So for me, it was like, it was just a lot of getting comfortable or getting comfortable being uncomfortable and just putting out like doing things that I, I that I've never done but I guess now like six to eight months later like I'm I, I feel much more confident in about in like in being being in front of the camera like taking pictures or posting content every day like because I stopped caring about first I stopped caring about what the others were others are thinking or what they're gonna say and second I was like if I'm not gonna do it for myself then no one else is gonna do it for me so I have to exactly. I have to kind of push myself into doing things that I know I'm I don't enjoy doing. Absolutely. And you know, for, I think for me like insecurities and things getting in the way, like more like me, more like me getting in my own head is kind of like what my confidence barrier was and I'm glad that I was able to discover, you know, 
it's okay to be insecure, but if you're, if, but you also know that you want to do something about it and work on it, then you're going to live such a, just a happier life once you just overcome your insecurities. And still so many people don't know how to do that. And then they project things onto you. Yeah. And you just have to stay away from those people. Right. I mean, for, for me, it's like, look, I'm at a point where, um, like I said, like I am who I am. I'm not going to change for anyone. I'm not going to change, uh, so that someone would like me more or like me better so it's like you either are okay with the way i am or you're not and i'm fine with you not being okay with it i just don't i just don't need you then like i just don't need you be around me for anything because that's just gonna try to pull me back more and more while i'm trying to move forward and yeah and yeah Sorry, go on. No, no, I was just gonna say, like, yeah. So that's that's pretty much how I think about when it uh, about people now. Like, if you just have to be okay with me, and if not, then just do like just keep moving forward. Like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. And like, ever since I got into content creation, I had to learn that I was not going to be for everyone. Right? Yeah. I'm sure people want to view me as a narcissist, and I'm like, okay, you can view me like that, but just know that your thinking is wrong. Like, I don't think you really understand what narcissism really is because I do the exact opposite. You you can think that of me if you want. I'm just going to ignore it because obviously I know myself better than you do. And again, I just, I realized like you're not going to be for everyone and that's okay. Over the time, it took me probably after grad school for me to not take things so personally. Even when it came to dating, like if a guy wasn't interested in me and if he said he wasn't feeling it, I don't take it personally. It's not necessarily a reflection on me. And if it was, I hope I could get that feedback being like, hey, you know, I didn't like that you did this other than that. Like, but if you don't give me feedback, I'm going to assume that it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, no, it's it's like that, too. Like when it comes to dating, right? Like with me, it's a, so I'm I guess in many ways, I'm a very black and white type of person. Like I um, like I keep things very transparent when I'm talking to people like I, I don't like to. You know, again, I'm not going to be someone I'm not. So like even when I go on go out on dates, like maybe I come off as a maybe not aggressive, but like maybe a person that, you know, that the girl didn't think that I was because I so, cause just because I was so upfront about things. And normally, like, I don't know, maybe it's intimidating. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I, it is. But I think that that's driven away many plenty of girls. I like to be very honest. But with me, it's like, well, that's fine. Like, I don't care. I guess. If you can't take me the way I am, then that meant I'm not meant to be with that person who can't take me for who I am from like from the day from day one. So it just kind of helps me filter out people that I don't need. But at this uh, at the same time, like I also know that I'm not saying anything wrong. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone and if I give someone my opinion and if they don't agree with it, that doesn't make me wrong. Like that's just my opinion. Like you you bring yep. me facts and I'll I'll be fine. Like you know I'll own up to my I'll own up to it. But if we're just kind of dishing out our opinions, then anyone everyone's uh, uh like everyone should be able to put out their opinions without getting judged by others. Because you know again you're doing the same thing that I'm doing. So if you can't like me for for who I am or like you know what my opinions are about things, then maybe you're not the person <laughs> I'm meant to be with. So but. That's just how I look at it. If you know, if it didn't ha- if it didn't work out, that means number one, you're a step closer to meeting the right person, and number two, like you were never meant to be with that person anyway. So don't don't think about it yeah. too much. I think you know what you had said earlier, like really stands out to me. Like you know, if you can't accept me for who I am, 
um, then, you know, obviously I'm not going to be the right person for you. And we were also talking about like the intimidation factor that goes on because when you're so direct and transparent with somebody, because I am the exact same way, I'm just a very honest person. I'm not afraid to speak my mind and I do my best to be as tactful as I can, but I'm just very direct with how I talk and people do not like it. They are so intimidated by it. And then they will assume that I'm being rude and that I'm this awful human being no, I, <laughs> lacks emotional and intelligence. And I'm like, no, I'm just simply being direct. And it, it sucks because I'm a woman. And what's even worse is that it's that the feedback that I get comes from other women. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, your internalized think, misogyny is showing. Yeah, I think they're, they're just too soft in my opinion i think people can take criticism for any for anything anymore and especially like i said if you don't agree with their opinion that means you're against them and that's just how people look at you nowadays but the way i look yeah. at it is like in my opinion they're just too soft and they don't have common sense and and that's that i mean that's that's just their fault and hopefully they'll have a wake-up call one day and realize that okay well Maybe the problem is 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 in them and not with other people, and you know, hopefully they'll they'll make the change for the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that and honestly, where I experience all that comes from work. So it's awful in the workplace. Um, mostly, it happened to me when I was working at startups, especially my last startup, and it was just one thing after another. I just, you know, that's when I realized, okay, startups aren't for me because. As you said, people are way too soft, especially in the startup world. Oh my God, like leadership, they are so fucking delicate. It's not even funny. I have never seen so many fragile egos in my life <laughs> when it came to working in the tech startup yeah. world. And 10 out of 10 do not recommend. Yeah, I think, the, and I think the definition of leadership is lost. I, I don't think people realize what it takes to be a leader. I think that for, for them... I, Again, this is how I've, because I've seen this type of shit happen too. It's like you know, people when when it, when people call the, themselves a leader, that means that they sit on top and everyone's like doing stuff for them. While, but in reality, that they should be leading people under them to become better, not just for them, like not just the leader him or herself to become better, but making your team better in the process too. So I think like when. When they, when they feel like, oh, shit's not getting done or, you know, when they feel like, oh, we're not meeting the deadlines or whatever it might be, they just fucking lose their shit and they don't know how to, like, treat others. And, you know, again, like I said, people lack in common sense, especially in this country. I would I would really I really think that's an that's a really big issue that nobody's addressing common sense. And second, that people want to put a, uh, people are so worried about the titles that they don't actually they don't actually work or they don't actually think like the title or the thinking that comes with the title that they want to put on themselves. So I, I, I think the whole, I've never worked for a startup, but I can just imagine how, how <laughs> fucked up it would be to be in a startup environment like that. Yeah, no, I've experienced enough and I'm like, okay, I've had enough. This is me setting a boundary. I'm out. Yeah. So I guess while we're talking about like work and everything, why don't we transition into your business now? So sure. you are a founder of your own clothing line. Yeah. Um, I know in the beginning you said you wanted to talk more about the backstory of that. So yeah, let's dive into that and then you, we can talk more about so that. So we're going to be jumping we'll back and forth here, right? With the timeline. So just try to keep up totally. with me. All right. 
So, okay. I had, so I'm actually wearing one of my shirts. Uh, they're t-shirt hoodies. And um, I came up with this idea about two and a half, three years, almost three years ago. Like this summer will be three years. And it was it was an idea. It started with me actually shopping online. Again, this was in the middle of a lockdown. So I don't even know what I was shopping for. But I was like, I was like, you know, maybe just, maybe like I, I thought about this type of shirt. Then let's just see what's on the Internet and see what I can find. And um, I found a couple of places like, you know, those very fast, fast fashion brands, like, you know, where the shit changes every two weeks or whatever. And I came across yeah. a couple of shirts. I ordered them. And, you know, I I, I didn't like I really didn't like the t- like the material or the make of the product. Like it was so shitty that I actually threw it out. Like I didn't even return it. I just threw it out. I was like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want to see this shit because I. It was it was so uncomfortable. The fitting, the sizing, everything was so off, right? So then that turned into an idea for my for myself. I was like, huh, okay, I I want this, which I cannot find. I want this type of features, which are hard to find, or almost nobody has it, or it's not it's not in the market anymore. So why not kind of do something of my own, right? So I slept on the idea for about eight months. I didn't do anything about it, and then. I don't know what happened one day. I was like, you know what? I think I'm I'm gonna so like it was always in the back of my head. Like, okay, this like I thought about this idea, like I about this shirt that I want to make and like t-shirt hoodies. Okay, okay. Like I kept thinking about it, and it was not until like eight or nine months later, March of 2021, that I was like, you know what? I think I'm finally gonna move forward with it. And you know, I um, so I pulled the trigger, got my LOC, got my logo design, had someone design the shirt and everything. And next thing you know, like now I'm already looking for a manufacturer and ready to sample the product and all that good stuff. Um, so that's the beginning of it. Right. And then somewhere along the way, when I started telling people about about my, you know, the, the, the brand itself and the idea that I had, like, you know, the most common asked question to me was what, what was your niche audience? Right. Like, who are you targeting with it? And what type of value are you giving to people, right? So this was all kind of new to me. Now, again, this is all e-commerce. I've been in a brick and mortar business in the past. So it's just completely different where, you know, you're actually only targeting audience that's around you because, again, you, you're you at a physical location and it was a franchise. So it's not like mm-hmm. you have to, like, put the word out, like, throughout the state or, you know, whatever. So it's like, for me, with e-commerce being everything online and, you know, I mean, it is easy to find your audience like through social media and whatnot, but it's also hard to like find it if that makes sense because there's so many people. So you kind of have to mm-hmm. find a way to like narrow it down to like your very niche audience. So going back to that question that uh, people kept asking me, like I, so in the beginning, like it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I was like, what do you mean niche audience? But like every everyone, every, who, who doesn't want to buy clothes? Like if anything looks cool or whatever. People will buy it, and or at least that's how I thought it would be, right? So what I did was I started to- reaching out to people. So I, I'm part of a mastermind group where you know it's like a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and like people in different industry and whatnot. And so I started connecting with people within that mastermind group that I, that I'm part of, and you know they all they, like they all ask me the same question like, oh yeah, who you're targeting? Like, who's your target audience? What value are you bringing to them? So you know. I was having a conversation with um, with this one kid and, you know, him and I were kind of going back and forth about like, you know, who I can possibly target as my audience or whatever. And then at some point, uh, the conversation became about um, like, you know, 
nerds or something like that nerds or video game or something like that and i was like dude i can make this about introverts like myself right because sure and yeah the reason why i said that so now i have to go back in my early 20s and you know like my night uh, like the young adulthood that i had um so basically as an introverted person like you know at times when I used to go out with friends, but, and if my friends were busy talking to other people, like I would be just kind of doing my own thing. Cause again, for me, it wasn't easy to just get, start talking to other people. So, and one of the things that I noticed was style. And when I say style, it could be anything like the sneakers or shirt accessories or whatever, like a dress, it make a good conversation starter. Right. And as an introverted person, like sometimes all you need is someone to kind of kind of spark that conversation with you and then you can get into a really deep conversation with someone like but it's like that initial trigger that initial spark that you need like it has to kind of come from the other person because you don't have or you don't feel confident enough to do it on your do it yourself right so all that memory like that that all kind of started coming back to me when I was like thinking about like you know when I'm trying to build the audience for my clothing brand and I was like, yo, why don't I make this about introverts and help them like become more confident by elevating their style, basically? So like that's how I came about the whole mission behind the brand, trying to help introverted people, young men, especially, especially elevate their confidence through style. But then but then when I like I said, when I was searching on the Internet and trying to find out more about like how like what do I need to put out there for people to understand what I'm what I'm trying to do here I came to find out that it's not just the introverted community that struggles with confidence there's there's people outside of it probably far more outside of it who struggle with confidence too so for me it just became about like confidence period just helping people elevate confidence through style and yeah. that's that's how it all happened I love it and what's the name of your brand called A string String, yeah, with an X though, not a not an S. If that makes it's, yeah, okay. it's a street word, so I was like, let's make it a little fancy. And I got like a cool little logo right here, and yeah. So, if anyone's wondering, he's wearing a black um hoodie sweatshirt with the with his logo, yeah, it's a t shirt, yeah. really cool. X yeah. is your business currently a one man show? It is 100%. Yeah, um, so I launched back in September towards the end of September because it took me about a year and a half to kind of even get the business going um sure and so in the beginning i knew that well i had already spent all this money up front to buy inventory and all that stuff like i need to be able to somehow find that work-life balance and my life kind of became the hustle like my brand like so i work and then whatever time that i have i focus on this and that pretty much sums up my day every day <laughs> um with monday monday through sunday it's like the same day for me every day so but yeah it's a one-man show right now i'm hoping to delegate some work little by little but i also don't want to just like give everything away and like next thing you know i'm just spending a whole lot of money delegating stuff and the revenue is not even coming in so for now i'm just i'm right. running it all by myself and eventually you know delegate some of the stuff that i actually really hate doing <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it's only been a couple of months. Yeah. So obviously, you have to wait and just like, you know, give it more time until you become even more profitable. That way you can afford to hire people. And I feel like, you know, that's typically how most small businesses right. start off with. They do everything by themselves. And then eventually, they'll expand once it grows. And growth does not happen overnight. Oh, like, no. I don't have my own. I don't. Yeah, I don't have my own business. But I sure as hell know as that's what's happening. Yeah, it's I've, um I've talked to so many 
small business owners yeah, and they and, tell me it all. And it's, and it's crazy because, like, you know, you look for the overnight success. Like, you hope that something will go viral on social media and now you're selling thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And it's happened for a few people. Don't get me wrong. It's happened for people. And, you know, they had their um, they had their moment where they made all this money. But I also know people who have who didn't make it anywhere after that because they didn't have a plan in place. They didn't know how to, like, put a right system in place for them to work. Like, you know, they got all these orders in. But now do you even have a way to fulfill those? Like and then once you fulfill those, what, what are you doing after that? Like, how are you? Uh, managing more like more orders coming in like how are you ordering more inventory how are you making sure that those orders are getting delivered on time so like there's so much to like think about rather than just like okay here's it and i hope i make all this money and things will just happen on its own no 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 you actually need to have a plan in place so right now when you're if someone is starting out like you 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 have more time than money like you know a lot of people say in the beginning you have more time than money then spend your time in setting up a system for yourself so when you do start making that money that you want to make you know exactly how to how to build your business and and how to have a a workable infrastructure for your company so so that you know you're not overwhelmed with everything and again there's going to be times where things do get overwhelming you see unfortunate unforeseen circumstances and all that happens but again that's that's with any business but in the beginning like just don't don't focus on getting all the money in like focus on setting up a system as you try as you as your business is building. Yeah, exactly. What was it about clothes specifically that made you want it to be your primary product? So um, again, for me, it was just it started with an idea, right? So obviously, you know, you always hear about stories like you know, every great thing or every big thing that's out there started with an idea. So I was like, you know, why not clothing too? And again, I know there's plenty of clothing brands out there. There's a new clothing brand on block every week. I get it. But I, I think what separates other clothing clothing brands from each other is that it's like their their mission and the purpose behind the mm-hmm. behind the behind the brand. Like how are they communicating with their audience, or how are they uh, how is this changing life to others, or what value it's bringing to their to their community to their buyers? So I think um, regardless of what business you get into, um, whether it be clothing or any sort of product, uh, other sort of retail products, I think end of the day, if you're if you're a mission driven brand with that has a strong value to your to your brand itself and you're offering value and, you know, you're helping people, then I think it will it will separate you out from your competitors. Number one. And number two, um, it will you know, your your community will support you because now they believe in you and like what you're trying to do with your with your with your brand. Yeah. And I really like that you mentioned the importance of target audience, right? Because I can think of a small business clothing brand here in Portland, actually, that I've ordered from. Mm-hmm. So it's called Portland Gear. And basically their mission, because their their brand started off with a mission, mm-hmm. right? So um, from a Portland native who's around our age, and he basically wanted to create clothes for people who want to embrace Portland, who love Portland. And it started off like, I guess, in his house, and now they have a storefront, and now it has employees, which is really cool because it's become so profitable. But yeah, when you find your audience for people who love Portland and want to embrace Portland and like wear that with pride, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool idea and concept. And even though I've been here for two years, it's like I wanted to support this because 
even though I loved San Francisco and I miss it every single day, I've learned to embrace Portland and love it. And so I want to wear that with pride too. So I totally like see the resemblance of what you're talking about with like your target audience and the mission and like, that's how you sell. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that's what streetwear is, right? Like streetwear is cultural, like cultural driven, like they're community driven type uh, brand, whether it be like music or sports or you know celebrities like you know people like a certain type of something that's why they wear those things so like it could be the most graphic looking shirt or it could be just a plain shirt like supreme supreme just puts their logo on it and people go buy them and spend hundreds of dollars uh buying those shirts anyways because you know it, it's that's what streetwear is about like you have that community that supports you no matter what you're uh, what you're selling to them because they believe in you and you're you're giving them something in return for their money so i think if you're able to create that culture around your brand and that community around your brand then i think you, you can do as much business as you want to do and scale it to however big you want exactly exactly so i know we're coming up on time here so i have one more question sure. for you um, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you can give to introverts who are struggling with confidence and want to elevate it? Um, look, I know it's tough. It's it's not easy to get out of the shell. Like, again, it took me 29 years to make that change. But all I can tell you is it only takes that one one step forward to make that change that you're looking for. So it, you don't have to change everything today. You don't have to do everything today. But Take something that you're most uncomfortable doing and just give it a try. Just just do something that you have never done before because you always shy away from it or you feel insecure about it. Just do it once and I promise you the next day you wake up, you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah, now I feel good. Like I can do this again and just keep building on it. Just make keep making the small changes every day and just stay consistent with it. And yeah, that's... I think that's really great. It, you know, it's very concise short and sweet to the point yeah. and I, yeah i think it's like once you just start and then you realize like how good it feels then it will just snowball just and it just yeah. gets better and better yeah. it'll have a really good ripple effect to it and you know it'll just it'll just keep happening and you know it will make you want to do it will make you want to do better too like once you see that one thing going well then you'll be like, okay, oh shit, now I did this. I think I should do this next and keep doing this and do that after. So it's like once you get in that zone, I mean, then it's just the sky's the limit after. Yeah. I love it. I think that's really great actionable um, advice for those who want to start their confidence journey. Sure. CP, I have absolutely loved having you. Um, if um, you want people to find you, where can they do so? Um, yeah, I have my IG. Um, it's kind of my, it's my full name, but I can actually give that to you. So you can probably have it in the description somewhere. Um, I think yeah, it'll I, be in the description. Yeah, it'll be because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure people will mess up all while I call out the whole name. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just better to have it in description. But yeah. So you're on Instagram yeah, and I'm then on, where can people find your brand? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube pinterest everywhere uh but everywhere and and my yeah so i do have my brand pages obviously on those platforms too it's x-t-r-i-n-g dot shop that's my ig handle and that's how i go on facebook and on tiktok so if you guys want to look me up just you can find me at again it's string x-t-r-i-n-g dot shop awesome yeah so i'll have his social media handles in the description along with his storefront so you can start shopping um all of his awesome clothes and support his business
Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. It has been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yes. It's been really awesome chatting with you tonight. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I look forward to hearing our conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. And guys, if you ever have an unapologetic experience you want to share, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologetic at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.